0: Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it?
1: This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor
0: Marine, Ray Moline,
1: and Les Schwab Tires.
0: Welcome to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app. Joey Pyburn to my right. I'm Tom Nelson. Matt Nelson is running the board. So, uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. I've been running boats since before there were cell phones. (laughs) 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 And therefore, if uh, there was no cell phones, there were no applications. Nope. Apps are now part of my game plan. Okay. I got a tide app, so looking in the front of my phone right now. I got a tide app, okay? I got I got Wendy, mm-hmm. which is huge for weather. Okay, a little subscription app right there, but it's money. Weather underground. Yep. Another just and and of course, you know, and, and I mentioned Navionics for, for tides and currents and everything else. It's so now there's gonna be another app on my phone, and it's gonna be Siren Marine. What does Siren Marine do for you? Well, here to tell us is none other than Alex Pushkar of SirenMarine.com. Good morning and welcome to the show, Alex. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Tom. Good
2: morning, Joe. How's it going?
0: Pretty good. So, Alex, why is this going to be the next app that folks with boats are going to end up downloading and putting on their phone?
2: Well, that's a great question. (laughs) I mean, if you look at today's marketplace, no matter what you buy, whether it's a new truck, whether it's a home and you're connected to your home or your car, Um, Your next biggest investment or your next biggest toy is your boat or your vessel. We are here to be the eyes and ears of your vessel when it's by itself, sitting alone on the hook, sitting alone on a trailer in your yard, on a lift somewhere in a marina. Um, 99% of the time it's unattended. Uh, So we are the eyes and ears of your boat when you are not there.
3: And I mean, look, a boat can be, it's a, it's a huge investment. You know Uh, this is a relatively small investment Dude. for peace of mind i mean yeah. i i went through a bunch of your videos yesterday watching and the one thing i i think is cool is a lot of guys probably are, are like uh this technology uh it's going to cost a ton of money to install it and do that a lot of this very easy to install for any anybody who has a boat i mean th- this stuff is not difficult to install correct
2: that's correct. It's very user-friendly. Um, we we took a page out of a, a lot of other consumer electronics books when we started to develop uh CyberMarine back in 2012, um, everything from obviously being an app-based product uh, all the way down to how uh, a customer enrolls in the in the service and also from a hardware standpoint and and how you actually physically install the hardware using QR codes using internal batteries uh, and obviously it being a marine grade product, it is very heavy duty it's 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 marine grade, it's i p sixty seven rated hardware um, but the but the install installation of the product itself uh, is very straightforward.
3: Run us through some of the features and you know how you, the the different sensors that you guys offer. Sure.
2: So the Siren Three Pro is what we're talking about today. Um, that's our third-generation boat monitoring product. Um, so that's a 4G, 5G, LTE device. It comes with a global SIM card in the unit. Um, so if you're boating out there in Washington State uh, and then you shoot across over to Seattle, uh, I'm sorry, to Alaska, you'll simply acquire the, the local network out there and operate and roam on that network for no charge. Um, so from there, from the Siren Three Pro right out of the box, you have the ability to monitor up to two battery banks. Um, So that's 12 or 24 volt banks. That could be a starting bank, excuse me, a a house bank. And then as, uh, as, Tom mentioned earlier in the program, we have the ability to monitor the boat's GPS and and track, um, all built into the unit. So we are hardwired to the boat's house or starting bank. We're not relying on the status of the battery switch. So we always are on, and we're always the eyes and ears of that boat. Um, Because we're always on, we're not relying also on the boat's GPS. We have our own internal GPS built into our Siren 3 Pro. Um, So if your boat was to drag anchor or if it was actually stolen and underway, um, we would be able to track that boat. We would alert you in real time and then breadcrumb that track in real time as well. Um, From there, we have an uh, an array of wireless, which are proprietary wireless sensors that we manufacture. Uh, We also have a number of hardwired inputs um, and hardwired sensors that can map to the Siren Marine unit to monitor items like security, motion sensors, high water alarm, shore power loss. Everything that are you know can be little itty bitty things around system activity, but can be crucial and really ruin someone's Saturday morning when they walk down to the boat. To Dude, enjoy the
0: surprises weekend. are not good on a boat. They're not. And uh, and uh, like, we? and we talked about this earlier in the week, Alex. It's like this doesn't just if if you have an issue on your boat, whether it's excessive bilge water, whether it's a low charge to a battery, you just lost that day on the water. And with the supply chain the way it is right now, you probably didn't did, just lose a day. You've probably lost a couple of days, and and we our seasons right now around here, Alex, are so tight. Man, you lose a day or two. That's a good part of your season that you're you know you just you just lost because of of a product failure on your boat. That's of
2: course, of course. And so you know, I was telling you, Tom, we're out of the Northeast. We have a similar season length. And if if you walk down to your boat on a Saturday. And you realize something went wrong or a shore power tripped or a system went down during the week. You just lost that. You just lost one of your 10 weekends to enjoy yeah. your time on the water. So um, your, our time on the water is critical um, to to everybody. And so we're here to keep you on the water and keep you enjoying your boat, especially with the influx of new boaters over the last yeah. few years. We're here to support them. We're here to keep them on the water and enjoying their time on the water. And and that peace of mind that you mentioned is critical to owning a boat.
3: So my Uncle Ray, he keeps his <clears> boat at. Cornet Bay. Okay? Right. Okay. That's an hour and a half drive away from his house. And his boat stays in the water pretty much all season. It's, it's in the water right now. He never takes it out. He utilizes it for every season there is that <laughs> we have here in Washington. Um, there will be times when we have big rainstorms or a big storm comes in and I'll hear my uncle say, well, I'm going to, I got to drive down and check on my boat. And then think about the time and effort it takes Dude. to drive down there to check on your boat yeah. and yeah. this take this this is you don't have to do that anymore. Plus the fact, Alex, think
0: about this. If you've got a boat in the water, if you have to physically go to the boat and discover a problem, well now you got to turn around and go get the part to fix it. With Siren Marine, you are alerted to a low battery condition. What's that mean? maybe you better bring a battery with you when you come. So you can not only become aware of it, but it's going to save you a trip to the store to get something because you can probably address the problem. So real, real simply, now most of these big boat monitoring systems were for big boats. That's not really the case with a Siren Marine. You, you now have the ability with with like an 18 to 20-foot boat, if you got a soft top, Alex, you you made me aware that you could add the motion sensor and you actually put yours under the dash because from a security standpoint, if somebody's going to get on your boat and boost your, uh, you know, boost your electronics, what are they going to do? They're going to jump right in the seat where you sit and start, you know, and you right then at that time are aware there's somebody on your boat. And that's the first step in in prevention is knowledge that somebody's on your boat, Alex. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the basic system, what you need to add, how easy it is to install, but also the accessibility for SirenMarine.com products on smaller boats.
2: Exactly, that's great. So um, the Siren Three Pro, like I said, can communicate up to fifteen wireless sensors. So the base device, the Siren 3 Pro, can pair up to 15 wireless sensors. That can be 50 battery sensors, 50 bilge pump sensors. But obviously, it's meant to mix and match. Um, from there, we have five wireless sensor types. We have wireless bilge pump activity. We have wireless high water sensor. So that's high water presence in the in the boat where bilge pump activity is actually counting uh, pump cycles, hour, daily, weekly cycles. We have a wireless entry sensor. That's a two-part magnetic contact, great for doors, hatches, lockers, et cetera. We have a wireless temperature sensor that can be mounted in a to monitor ambient uh, temperature in a cubby or a fish box uh, or an engine room, and then we also have a um, a uh, excuse me a wireless um, a battery sensor. So as I mentioned earlier in the program, the Siren 3 Pro right out of the box has the ability to monitor two batteries. Now, obviously, big boats today, even some of these center consoles with large trolling banks. Um, they have more than two battery banks in the boat, so our wireless battery sensor gives the customers the ability to monitor um, voltage banks up to sixty volts, which is a lot of power. Um oh. so we recommend you know hardwiring the cyan three Pro to a starting or a house bank, and then using our wireless battery sensor to monitor those uh, those accessory banks like generator banks, um trolling motor banks, maybe seakeeper banks, et cetera. And then also, as you may know, Sign Marine is now solely owned by Yamaha, which is great. Um, So we are now plugging into the NEMA 2000 network, and very soon we'll be um, plugging into some Yamaha proprietary controls as well to monitor those systems. So now you're getting real-time diagnostics information, um, engine-based maintenance notifications, hourly-based notifications, excuse me. Um, So it's really going to fully encompass your entire boat ownership experience into one single easy-to-use app.
0: Memorial Day to Labor Day gives you about 12 weekends, gang. Do not lose one of those weekends to a a problem on your boat that you could be alerted to. I'm putting this stuff on my boat. I'll have it on soon. I'll have some some real-world experience. We'll try to pop a video out about this. Also, at the Seattle Boat Show, the Siren Products, the SirenMarine.com dot com products are going to—they're going to have a display in the Three Rivers Marine booth, uh, which is, of course, you know, our Yamaha dealer here in the Pacific Northwest. So, uh, lots of stuff to come. It's—it's—it's it's, it's less expensive than you think. You're not paying additional for a cell phone plan. You're going to get an app. You're going to get a subscription. You're going to get peace of mind while your boat's in the water, and that's absolute key. And and I mean. With a boat, you can either pay little bill when you first find out about the problem, <laughs> or you can yeah, pay big bill, okay? Exactly. This is this is gonna save you money, save some time on the water. And also there's a good chance you'll save some money with insurance discounts with this monitoring situation because it lessens the 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 possibility of a catastrophic failure, or possible sinking. Way of your easier boat. to replace a
3: bilge mm-hmm. pump than
0: oh, a man, a, is it? a sunken boat. Yeah. Amen. yeah, Alex, thank you very much for your time, sir. We appreciate it. And and uh, you know, hey, d- don't be a stranger. Let us know if you are going to be out in this neck of the woods. We'll go. Uh, we we'll, we'll, we'll go run uh, run our thirty foot duck round and send you home for some salmon and crab, buddy. <laughs> Sounds great. Appreciate it, Greg. Guys, thank you for the time. All right. Keep in touch, Alex. Alex. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Coming up next, a critically acclaimed, award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station, 710 and the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought
3: to you by Les Schwab Tires. Taking your safety seriously for over 70 years.
0: Puget Sound winter catch crowds due February 1st. All Puget Sound marine areas are now closed. The recreational crab fishing sport, crabbers have who chose to pick up a winter card have through February 1st to submit the results. WDFW Fish rules require all crabbers to who fish in Puget Sound and Hood Canal to report their winter catch results even if they didn't keep any or really didn't go fishing through the end of the year. A total of 37,900 winter CRCs were issued and the total number of Puget Sound crab endorsements was almost a quarter million crabbers in 2022. Crabbers who don't report their catch results will pay a $10
3: fine before purchasing their next year's license. Tie some leaders, sharpen the hooks, and go buy some bait because winter Chinook will be fair game on Wednesday, February 1st. That gives you plenty of time to dewinterize your boat as well. The fishery is scheduled to run seven days a week through March with a one adipose clip Chinook in excess of 22 inches. We have a few more fish to work with than last year with uh, 7,150 allowable encounters. WDFW would be closely monitoring the fishery, but we'll be back in the blackmouth business soon. If you missed Justin Wong's rundown of this fishery last week on the show, Catch the podcast on theoutdoorline.com.
0: Winter steelheader out there, if you're willing to work, those that are absolutely bound and determined to get a line on one of our mythical, magical winter runs have their work cut out for them. There's a few ide- Here's a few ideas. The North Fork of the Stilly has been getting a few fish, and the sock below Darrington as well. Olympic Peninsula has been a pleasant surprise, particularly on the bogey, despite the tangle of confusing reg- uh, regulation. Our fingers are crossed for the potential Skagit sock opener, which could be announced later this month. The Skagit forecast exceeds the fishery-triggering threshold, and if it opens, the sock will li- likely open from the Suadalong down and the Skagit from Rockport down to Concrete. Closer to Seattle, Tocqueville Creek on, on the Snoqualmie is definitely worth a look as well. Hit the real counter at 3 rivers for the scoop before
3: heading on out. With, st- with strong catch rates through the first week of Janu- January, the Bonneville Pool between Bonneville Dam and the Dalles Dam on the Columbia River will close. Fishery managers from Washington and Oregon agreed Tuesday that the Bonneville Pool was at 554, which is 82%, That's uh, 82% of the 2023 guideline of 675 sturgeon and may exceed it if we continue into the weekend. This year, Bonneville Pole was open for retention fishing only on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays following the Sunday opener. The hope was that the days per week schedule would extend the fishery above Bonneville. Unfortunately, high fishing effort and catch rates over the New Year's holiday and the following week means we're going to hit the guideline quickly in 2023 again.
0: Dates are set for the Washington Sportsman Show coming up February 1st through the 5th at Puyallup. Shows a full lineup of seminar speakers, countless outfitters and guides, booths for your favorite manufacturers in the outdoor industry, a cooking camp, so much more. Log on to the sports Shows for com for more information about the WWS. Coming up the week of February 1st through the 5th. While you're at the show, hit the Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation booth and become a member and stay tuned for Mark Pidgeon, the president of
3: W4WC.org. Next segment. T-minus three weeks and counting, the largest boat show on the West Coast is set for February 3rd through the 11th at Lumen Field Event Center in downtown Seattle. You'll find hundreds of boats on display at the Event Center from stand-up paddle boards all the way up to 60-foot cruisers and everything in between. Experts will be giving daily seminars on boating, fishing, and there's hundreds of vendors at the show with nearly every boating accessory imaginable. Come see the latest marine electronics, crabbing, shrimping gear haulers, safety equipment, and all the comforts for your onboard lifestyle. That's the Seattle Boat Show coming up February 3rd through the 11th. Get more information online at seattleboatshow.com. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, battery, shocks, struts, and more at LesSchwab.com.
0: Last little bit of duck season ends the end of the month, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Squidin's kind of been... Nyeh, yeah. Nyeh. Hit, hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. You can't dig razor clams right now. You know now when you're not more... getting squid pictures <laughs> from Bubba,
3: the squid is, the squid yeah. is slow. <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, it'll, it's probably going to be February before we get, get razor clams on the coast, so... So, that is that. All right. So, um, here's a couple facts. Washington uh, Wildlife Fish and Shellfish are the property of the state. The commission director and department shall preserve, protect, perpetuate, and manage the wildlife in state and offshore waters. And the commission shall attempt to maximize public recreational game fishing and hunting opportunities of all citizens, including juvenile, disabled, and senior citizens. Our next guest contends that this this is the law I just read you. RCW, the Revised Code of Washington, 77.04.012. Our next guest contends, and is going to take legal action, with the position that Governor Jay Inslee, WDFW, and the commission is breaking the law. You're going to stay tuned for this. I agree. Mark Pigeon of W4WC, Washington's for Wildlife Conservation, joining us next here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports App. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's Wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the Wheelhouse here on 710 ESPN's Yacht Doorline. The management of the wildlife in the state of Washington is a matter of law, and it is to be managed lawfully. Obvious statement, right? Mm -hmm. Not so obvious currently to Olympia to uh Governor Inslee and to uh the commissioners that are that are currently appointed to the Washington Wildlife Commission. Here to talk us through some of this is the president of w4wc.org which is the website of Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation. Mark Pidgeon, president of the w4wc.org. Good morning, Mr. Pigeon. Thank you for your show. Thank you for your time this morning. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate your time. So this organization basically was born in response several years ago to the passage of an initiative that, bound the, that banned the practice of baiting and hounding here in Washington. Is that correct, sir? Absolutely. You are correct, 100%. And and so let's talk to us a little bit about the, the current direction of Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation.
1: Well, um, the commission um, is not following the law, the legislative mandate, The governor is not following the law. Um, The commission is stacked one way here. It's not following RCW 77.04.040 in um, having balance and reaching out to all the, um, in all sectors of um, of the law. In fact, for the first time, the commercial fishermen are not represented and they've always had a position on the commission here um the um they're not reaching out to the hunting community the recreational fishing community are not being represented um the only commission um people in the commission that are being really represented are the um really the far out environmental community and the animal rights community and the only way it's going to be settled is by a lawsuit
3: we
0: talked earlier this week mr Pigeon, about some of the conflicts of interest of the current members of the commission and how they have a background in predator preservation and how some of the statements that they've made in open testimony and 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 I quote statements like i am against bear hunting that is not a scientific argument that is ideology and and currently that's the state of affairs in the commission and so in in appointing these commissioners that have an obvious conflict of interest Governor Inslee, has, in your contention, broken the law, sir.
1: Absolutely. And if you look at the legislative mandate here in 77.04.012, it says it is law that they are supposed to uh, maximize recreational hunting and fishing opportunity. And And they, they shut off Spring Bear when the Department of Science said that the uh, that the science was
3: there to have a spring bear season yeah the the science it, is there The the bear population is there and you and i talked about this yesterday you're talking about 664 spring bear tags where we harvest roughly between 150 160 bears okay it's a drop in the bucket when it comes to the bear population in washington state we're filthy with bears and and you and i kind of talked about this subject yesterday. When we talk about baiting bears or running bears or cats with dogs and, and the, the antis say, well, that's unethical. It's unfair. And and I want our listeners to understand that the most ethical way to hunt a bear or a cat is to run it up a tree, yeah. get a real nice, close look at it, yep. see if that is the animal that you want to harvest. If, is that an old male? We're looking for old males when we're hunting for bears or cats. If it's not, Guess what? A lot of the bears that are treated in Idaho and, and the cats, they walk away from them because that's not a, an animal they want to harvest. And there's nothing more ethical than shooting an animal at 40 yards yeah. that you get a real good look at. It's going to be a quick death and, and you're going to get the animal you want. It's the most ethical way, bait and hounds. And in this state, what they've done is they forced hunters to take unethical shots because normally when you see a bear, the, the normal, you know, average hunter out there, he's out deer hunting, he sees a bear, he may take a shot that he probably shouldn't take without, you know, is that a sow? That is it is a the, sow with cubs? The and only opportunity that That's he's the given. only opportunity. And it's yeah. rare that a hunter's even going to see a bear, you know. But, Mr.
0: Pigeon, this, this emphasis now on predator protection has had farther reaching consequences than just the spring bear hunt we're seeing the 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 with the priority placed on cats particularly in the blue mountains now we've got a crashing elk population in the southeast corner of the state
1: oh absolutely it's horrible and if you listen to some of the commissioners here and talk about that over 70% of the loss of that herd was due to cougars and another 12% was cougars and bears on that yet some of these these radical commissioners are talking still about reducing more hunting opportunity on that even though that um that um they're, they're still it's, it's a talking about predator loss here and when you're talking about properly managing a herd you cannot do single species management that is about the biggest foolishness that you can never talk about is you have to look and when you're talking about retainment about an ungulate population, you have to look at the female of the species and you have to look at the neonates and what's predating on those neonates to have retainment. I mean that is that is just the absolute basis of any ungulate retention. And that that I mean that is just one oh one.
0: Mark Pigeon joining us this morning. He's, he's president of W4WC.org. It's Washingtonians for wildlife conservation. What action is your organization contemplating, sir, to address this egregious situation?
1: Well, the only thing that's going to happen and can be done is a lawsuit. We have no legislative recourse. We have, there is no other recourse. I mean, if you look at how stacked this commission was, the there was a commissioner that resigned who was just as bad as in Fred Kuntz. I mean, this commission has just been stacked and restacked and just restacked again. I mean, there, there is just no other way that we can do it. And this lawsuit is the only way to go.
0: So unlawfully appointed commissioners, by on basis of their obvious conflicts of interest, taking unlawful actions, and, and this is pointed out by... No less than a resigning commissioner, Don McIsaac, who's a renowned wildlife fisheries biologist. He's one of the best minds up and down the coast with regard to, to, to salmonid and, and, and fishery populations. And he said in his resignation letter to the, to the governor, going to zero, and I quote, going to zero is not in the mandate of this commission. So they're stepping outside their remit, Mr. Pigeon. And and so is your is your lawsuit then directed at the governor or directed at WDFW? How does how does this work and how do you gain legal standing to bring such legal action?
1: Well, it, it's not at WDFW; it's gained directly at the governor. Gotcha. Because the the, the commission oversees WDFW
0: and the governor over, oversees the commission. So 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 folks can so you're going to have an opportunity for folks to meet you and talk to you or or one of your uh, one one of your representatives at the Western Washington Sportsman Show you're going to have a booth at the show. People can also go to w4wc.org and get involved. You guys have Um, A Facebook page, Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation. Go check it out on Facebook. You've got basically a good outline of not only the RCW 7704, which is the revised code of Washington, which is the law (laughs) by which our, our, our wildlife should be managed and currently is not. So um, we, we thank you for your time this morning, Mr. Pigeon. We appreciate it. And uh, what, what, how else can people get involved, and how else can people help?
1: Yeah, Pete, the best thing to do is just go to our website. They, they can go and definitely meet us here at the Sportsman Show, but um, you know we, we just need membership. You know, other organizations can contact us too, because we would love to, if you want to be involved with, with our suit, we would, we would love to have other organizations on board too. So, if other organizations see fit that they want to be part you know, of our lawsuit, we would we would love to have you on board too. so please, if you think that this is something that you want to be part of, you know, we do that you know because we are going ahead, but if you want to be part of us,
3: please and and you know, we, we, and this is if you if all you do is fish for trout. Dude. Or if all you do is fish for steelhead or you do everything, you, f- you take advantage of every opportunity we have in the state, go to their website, w4wc.org. You can become a member or you can donate, and we all need to get on board. There's, yeah,
0: there's no, there's absolutely no question about that, Mister Pigeon, Mark Pigeon, President of Washington Oriental Wildlife Conservation. We thank you for your time, sir. Please keep in touch and 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 let us know if there's anything we can do for you. We uh, the out the outdoor line has already sent in uh, our our membership application. So uh, hey, I know the president; he can fast track our application. Yeah, for, yeah, I hope so. You so, know a guy. Yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate thank your you. time. And and so, and so the issue is, look. Science is not just a body of knowledge, okay. It, it's a way of skeptically interrogating data in our world with an eye to to, to human frailty and our biases, okay. And if we can't specifically and, and skeptically ask questions of of the people in power, and and then we're just up we're just up for grabs mm-hmm. by any ideology by any charlatan that, that that comes down the pike, okay. We're we're right now watching this. You know, we, you know we've, we've set up our society on, on science and technology, but we put people in power that have absolutely no knowledge of the science and technology. And this, this is an explosive mix of power and ignorance that is currently blowing up in our faces, not just in wildlife management, but this is what we're seeing here now. Sure. And, and, and it's pathetic when, when you have to take legal action against your govern,
3: government to uphold the law as it's and that's your only recourse that's your only recourse i mean mean, we don't have a voice anymore like he said there we have no voice on the commission it it is totally biased yeah and and it's going to continue to get worse there's yeah there's there's just absolutely no debate about that at all and and would
0: do do i like talking about this stuff no, dude, no. I'd rather be talking about dragging down balls across possession bar, right? You know, but, but yeah, that's... Yeah, I'd rather be talking about the spring bear hunt yeah. I'm going to do. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right, coming up next, the hottest report heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson's Really? Where? And it's next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. No way. You gotta be
1: kidding me. Really? Where? Yeah, it's coming back. The island is 10 the lady Ocean red.
3: Hey man, can you tell me where you got them?
1: I'll never put on a life jacket again.
3: Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's really? really? Where? 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 RoyRobinsonRV.com
0: will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Pacific Northwest, the all-new Roar Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, toilers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more, including the all-new How Much Can I Tow Tool. Enter your vehicle and find this interactive shopping tool right there on
3: com. Joey? Well, we talked about it early in the show. Uh, There's a few steelhead around. You're going to have to work. Yes. Which... You always had to work for them, but you're really going to have to work for them right now. The cricks are dropping. They they look good. Everything's on the drop. Um, Like we talked about earlier, the Skagit, we've seen some early steelhead up there. Good indication that we might have a good season if if we get that season up there in February. Um, Waterfowl still kind of, you know, top of my list right now. Get the last few days in. Like I said, the hunting's been a little stale, definitely down here. I, I've been up in Duval. We need some weather to move some of these birds we around. Just had we had this need... weird fall, spring, Monday, Tuesday brought duck hunting to a halt, man. Well, we that had temps, beautiful... you know, almost 60 degrees. <laughs> I know, um, it was... Talked to Kevin John yesterday, and he said there's a ton of birds up in, in the Skagit area, but there's lots of sheet water in the yeah. fields, so those birds are just sitting. They're sitting in the fields. They're roosting in the fields. They don't have to go out to the bay and move around. So, dude, we're gaining two minutes of daylight a day. Okay.
0: Spring is coming. Boat shows two weeks away. Okay. A Marine Area 10's two weeks away. Monday morning, I get to make one of my favorite drives with my wonderful wife, whose birthday it is tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. um, we get to drive uh, over to Clarkston to the Duckworth factory, pick up the boat and come back. Now, the cool thing about making that drive this time of year is there's snow in the hills. And so the deer are going to be down.
3: Oh, the deer are down, yeah, they have to be down yeah i I and
0: so we i mean but by the time if if you don't drive from from Allensburg clear over to the snake River and see a hundred Mulies, you you're you're probably gotta you know open you probably your eyes see up. some elk probably could coming be. down yeah. into vantage, yeah could be yeah. yeah, so, but just that drive, I mean, you know, and then the sun breaks open once you get. You know, you get past Ellensburg and Thorpe, right? And 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 across the river, of course, we're gonna have to stop. A kid at task for bacon on a stick, bacon on a, bacon a, stick. On a stick. That's always a keep big on hit. going. You know, on on through. Um, you know, on on through Colfax. Well, we turn take a left, and go down Colfax, or we'll go through Lyons Ferry and, and drive the Snake River down there to the to the factory. And then I've been smoking fish all week to decorate the factory right there. But you know, working with an outfit like Duckworth, like we talked about, Duckworth development never stops. Brought the boat back there in you know in in October to get a few things done that that you and I have kind of, we talk about the whole time we're running the boat, you know, how can we make this better? How can we make that better? And to have a company like Duckworth that takes these changes to heart, right? We've changed the bottom shape of that boat with regard to the trailing edge of the transom. Um, we've changed, you know, a couple of the rod holders that are built on top of that boat and to the side of them and stuff like that. Uh, water flow within the within the rear deck change the actual actual material that's used on there. Um, also changed, you know, we what we saw in that boat when we first got it was 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 regular side finish paint on top of the gunnels. Changed that now; it's going to be all, all Zolotone wrapping around, mm-hmm. which is a tougher paint and a better working surface, right? So so we're so we're going to you know we're reducing the wear and and look on that boat because. You know, we we mentioned at the top of the show we we've, we've run that boat twenty thousand miles now, and 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 half of that in Southeast Alaska, and I shudder to think of the hundreds of halibut and the thousands of salmon that have, that have come over the gunwale of that boat. And everything that does takes a chip pain out of it, right? Sure. So uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to too is just kind of having a having a clean slate, man. I,
3: I like when we go do a demo on somebody's new Duckworth and then you're like, they're like, yeah, this, this flooring that this is kind of, we're like, yeah, we, we yeah. had that on first. That was, we helped with that. Yeah, our, <laughs> like that was, arm, you know, yeah. all the little tweaks that arm, they've arm done. Plate. yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's just cool to see it on the, on the new boats that well, are selling right now. So then one of the things, you know, where you and I spend a lot of time on the boat
0: is right back at the bait table. Mm-hmm. and and the alterations we made to it with redneck manufacturing. Well, that's a whole nother level too, that Terminator 2 bait table now that has rod holders up forward, gear stuff farther back, a better water flow angle to it. We we added a, a, the electronics mount to
3: it. Once you're fishing, that is the most important it's station there, on the boat other than the rear helm. You, That's where, you know, like you think about at buoy 10, there's constant activity at that bait table because you're you're running four rods, you're cutting baits, you're re-rigging, you're you know, you're switching to spinners, you're doing this, you're doing, doing that. Your and that's that, it it is. It's your workbench. Yeah. And 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 so when you have a sounder back on that, now
0: you have a special issue because you 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 obviously you've you've got really expensive, high performance marine electronics sitting right next to a deck hose. Mm-hmm. Okay. No problem there, huh? Right? Yeah. Nah. So when we designed the bracket and put that bracket underneath that table, we did so with the knowledge, look, we don't want water coming off this table, obviously interfering with those marine electronics and whatnot, but you still have got to work. Under and around because underneath that table is the transom fish box and stuff like that. So, so a lot of a lot goes into that. But that's you know again going back to the boat show happens in a couple weeks. We're going to have exactly that model of boat with a lot of these changes that we can talk to people about. Um, we we talked to Alex Pushkar of, of Siren Marine today, um, and and Siren Marine is a boat monitoring. Um, app that you get on your phone that's, you know, gonna tell you if your boat's moving, gonna tell you if your batteries are, are getting low, gonna tell you if you've had bilge pump cycles, you know, going to tell you if there's motion a motion sensor on board or there's somebody on your boat on board your boat that shouldn't be. And that's just tremendous peace of mind, dude. I'm I'm looking forward to getting just that just a cool piece of technology oh, yeah, and for sure. And,
3: and like I said, the investment in that peace of mind is is very minimal in comparison to having a fail I mean, what if what Dude. if you do get a leak? We even know guys who their boats have sank.
0: Yes, right. No, it's yeah. not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. You so and and in knowing a couple of couple of friends that have had their boat sink, everything is ruined. I mean, it, seriously, that boat is done. You got to strip the wire out of everything. it. everything. The engines are smoked. The marine electronics are obviously gone. The upholstery is gone. You've soaked all your reels, all your tackle, not just in salt water. Okay fuel comes out of the vents and that's one of the things when with a sunk boat that people don't understand is that saltwater gas nasty oil crappy pollution mix so you don't want to have that kind of that that type of environmental impact on your marina or on your local body of water right putting something like sirenmarine.com on your boat makes you a more responsible boat owner but look dude the rubber meets the road in
3: that Memorial Day to Labor Day time for you, you, get a dozen weekends, gang. Well, and we talked about it. You, you know, you'll take your boat over and you put it on the mooring ball in front of your place. Yeah. Well, now it's not connected to shore power anymore. Right. Now you're relying on your, your mooring ball and chain, which we replace. Oh, we
0: know that thing we, intimately. Yes. Yeah.
3: But we were talking at one of the breaks. You know, I, I've worked on the water for over sure. 20 years. I have found four boats just myself <laughs> floating out there yeah. or grounded. Yeah, and you know you go and you you get them and you call the people, and those four boats all have the same thing: their chain. Yeah. as it went closer and closer to the the anchor point, get the more and more you know wear and tear, yep. rusted, yep. thinner, yep. and eventually they break. And that's the problem with an all chain
0: mooring setup. Mm-hmm. Is that chain will wear against itself, which is why when we went out to our friend Damon Heward's place on Hood Canal, we set him a hybrid rope and chain. Yeah. Because those the lot dude, those last.
3: Damon ones. needs this oh, set up on his on his twelve uh, foot <laughs> skiff that he rows around. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Yeah.
0: You missed any of show, jump on minearthwest.com, download the Apple Podcast app, uh, hit the for uh, for individual podcast segments. Give Joey a follow at Joey Pyburn on Instagram, at The Outdoor Line on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For Matt Nelson, behind the glass, for Joey Pyburn, I'm Tom Nelson. This has been The Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station, 710, and the Seattle Sports app.